Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hi, I'm Tanya Marion. <laughs> I like to torture people by not explaining that. I hope they say hello back when I say hello. Uh, Tanya Marion is the creator of a project called Talaterra, and she's an independent environmental educator. And it depends on what context you ask her to introduce herself, whether she says she's an educator or a podcast host or a creator of a project that, that involves environmental education. And I think that's a struggle that everybody suffers. I mean, or maybe suffers the wrong word. Maybe that's something we're all delighted to have that problem. Um, so today, I think we want to talk about, I'm not sure whether to call it synchronicity, asynchronicity, or how those two things affect community building. But that was something that came up in the conversation that we have before we press record on these things. And I'm wondering if you could tell me what like, what are you trying to accomplish with community right now? Like the podcast is not the main th thing or the main thrust of what you're trying to accomplish. So what, what made you, uh, like try to create a community? What are you trying to accomplish there? Well, with the community, I am trying to encourage conversation among independent professionals in the field. Not everyone identifies as an environmental educator, Yet there are many people out there who, through their work, connect people with the outdoors. Uh, and so I am trying to connect them and have conversation, to generate conversation be between all of them. Hmm. And so my audience who I try to speak with, they aren't the traditional environmental educators, you know, as, as you might think. I, because as I, done my own independent work, I've come across a lot of different people doing different things um, who have an environmental education focus, but they don't identify with that label. They might mm. be a photographer, they might be a weaver, they might be a textile artist, they might be other things. And so through, by, by creating community for them, you know, I would like for them, ideally for them to, to communicate with each other establish new partnership, possible partnership um, relationships. And, and so that's what I set out to do. The podcast, I created the podcast to bring attention to the people who work in this, this capacity to give them a voice so that people then can hear their voice and so that I could have conversations with them that I've always wanted to have with mm. them when I was mm. running around doing events uh, with what I used to do. Do. Yeah. So did so that that sounds to me like um, you put a lot of thought into that, and I don't mean like before saying, and I mean before starting on that. So did you which which part did you think would be harder? Did you think well the podcast is going to be really hard, or the community building be really hard, or did you did you think oh if I do the podcast first, then the community building would be easier? Like how how has your idea of what well this is what I want to build the whole grand vision. How has that been different or the same after when you tried to actually do it? Mm. Yes, it's been different. <laughs> <laughs> Suspected, so, right? <laughs> so I chose I chose to do the the podcast because I was a, a heavy blogger before, and and used to interview people then as well, mm. have monthly featured guests and this that and the other, and offer Q and A opportunities through the blog, and. So making things live and more interactive with the podcast, that is what I set out to do. So I thought 
that if the podcast came first and people started hearing the voices of colleagues and other people who were like mm -hmm. them, then building the community would be easier. You know, it would should be easier than doing it from scratch, from right? Scratch, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> or or and easier than just reading their words of mm -hmm. of colleagues through a blog, through a written Q and A interview. Mm -hmm. So that hasn't turned out quite to be the case. It hasn't been quite that easy to do. Uh, people have been, I started out with a co-working space and then I switched to a different kind of community. I have, of course, the you know, a summit event that I had earlier this, this summer, which was very, was very encouraging. There are part, I know of four collaborations to come out of that. And so that is very encouraging. And so that's not, you know, that, that is encouraging. And so, but the community part in terms of the everyday weekly space for people uh, to be in and learn from, it's the farthest thing from forward length that you can imagine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they're there, but they're, they're not talking to each other. They sometimes will contact, reach out to me for chit chat, um, but otherwise... So my question is, if you if you suspect that they're there, like I have, I was going to say I have a dog in the fight, right? Like like I'm I love building communities, and uh, so I'm packing my opinion into a question here. Um, I, I'm wondering if if you suspect that they're there, how important is it that you see all of those people being active in the community? versus, okay, I know there are, you know, some number, there's, there's 50 people, there's 500 people here and the system is occasionally emailing them. And when I want to reach that person, I know that I have this way to do it. So it, it's like, how valuable is a, an inactive community, even if you felt like you wanted to create an active community? How value? That's a good question. How valuable is an inactive community? I mean, I'm not sure inactive is the right. Yeah, no, you know, I, like I know a, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah like a, you know, I, we we built this classroom. We wanted to hold a, a, a circle space here in the center, but everybody's standing around the edge, and it's like, mm -hmm. well, I mean, if four people have a circle discussion, this is still useful. Like, and I'm not saying you've created an awesome thing or you haven't created an awesome. I'm just saying, how do we figure out? what is successful for, and community isn't quite the right word, this assemblage of people using some technology. How do we define success? How do we measure success? Mm -hmm. Yes. And in, if we'll call it just, well, I'm going to continue with inactive community. Inactive and community. inactive <laughs> community, it's, it's valuable in that you can see who self-identify with your community. You can have some indication mm -hmm. of enrollment, okay, because they chose to be there. Yet what confuses me is that they choose not to interact. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know how to make people talk. Um, I don't want to be making people talk. I don't know how many right, opportunities right. to provide to encourage conversation. The um, co-working space, my original co-working space, I was like, busy all the time and had weekly methodical, thought out, you know, three months in advance type things to, mm -hmm. and sent out. Um, yeah. And, and so I thought, well, maybe I'm being too heavy handed. And so um, I started this, I closed that one. And then I started a sec 
a second space and um, encouraged conversation in different ways, but still, but then tried to back off to see what people might do on their own, initiate on their own. And that also um, isn't working for me. Spun down. Yeah. And I'm wondering, so there's a, a couple of things woven together here. There's the synchronous versus asynchronous aspect. There's the people's choice to step forward um, and engage, you know, to speak up um, versus be- being a passive consumer of what's happening in the community. Those are, those are two, in my opinion, different things, right? Um, and it's tough to tease that apart because you can't, you, you sort of, Oh, a hundred people showed up for my synchronous workspace. And I, I decide, Oh wait, asynchronous is better. Like the chances of those same hundred people, like making the switch is like, see, like start all over every time. So it's super tough to run the, the experiments. And I think that this, the, I was going to say social media, but I don't want to get them. I'm like, I'm checking under my desk. My soapbox is not underneath me yet. <laughs> the social media, I wind up, hey, where'd this come from? Um, social media has trained us, but I don't mean that they necessarily did it to us maliciously. I just mean we have all gotten used to um, not interacting. So you, there is all the content that you could want if you just want to consume there's nothing wrong with being a consumer. We all consume groceries, right? You're like you, you need to consume things. Uh, but it's super easy to go to Instagram or Facebook or recently I've been having conversations with LinkedIn has now turned into Facebook in terms of the quality of the content that we're seeing in our streams. So you can go and you can consume asynchronously and you've gotten used to that. So if any of us, you know, Tanya or myself or other people, if we build a community but, and then hope for people that they're going to engage with it, it's like, oh, well, if it's online and I'm air quoting online, then it's the same kind of thing that they've learned. Now you and I know, yeah, but you could, y'all could use this space differently and could make it a different thing. It could be like the old school, um, bulletin board systems. Not, not that old school is necessarily better, but there used to be these super engaged communities who would get online and it's like, just people would post like crazy and there's tons of interaction. So some of this, I think is the, the in, the difference between synchronous versus asynchronous these and and the difference between whether people choose to engage or not kind of got buried underneath our habits and i'm not sure how uh, that's even our responsibility but i'm not sure how you get people to change that and i'm almost thinking the way to change that is to do something that's very different to say all right we're we're having an interactive um you know, I'm going to say webinar because that's got a broadcast connotation, but we're going to have this interactive thing um, in the podcaster community. I'm trying to do a thing called a workbench, which is where it's like somebody who has a question or something they want to work on, you pick a time, Craig promises he'll show up and we're just going to all get together and talk about the thing. And it's ephemeral. Like you can watch the video afterwards, but, um, and it, that feels, that idea feels very different than any social media because, you know, it's it, like it expires. It's got a, a window that you need to show up for. Um, so I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on how do we go about figuring out what's the right medium to build in for the, cause the community is the thing that happens on or around or inside of like, I built a, a lodge and a community sprung up. You know, I didn't build the community. I just built the space and then somehow that satisfied a need. So I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on like, how do we build spaces, figuratively build spaces that fill a need that like 
yeah, we did the hard work of making something happen and then everybody else engages with it. And is it, is it, you know, do the opposite day where we're like, okay, don't make it be like social media. Okay. Make it be synchronous or, or are there other places we can look? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So here's what I'm trying now. This is my opposite day. <laughs> Uh, approach right now. That was a Seinfeld reference. Yeah. Right? Remember George Costanza on opposite day. <laughs> yeah. Everything I do is wrong. Maybe I should just do the opposite. Right? <laughs> okay. So I have closed these communities and real conversation is one of Talater's values. And I know real conversation works because that was very much built into the summit that I hosted in June. Mm. And that worked. And and that part worked, that aspect of it, because there was uh, the people who were present did engage with each other. There wasn't Zoom silence. I mean, and, you know, and there was there, there were people talking to each other. And then, as I've mentioned, four collaborations have come out of that, that uh, one instance, that experience. And so and so now that I've closed the asynchronous spaces. I am doubling down on real conversation. And so I'm having, I'm hosting conversations about the purpose of environmental education. It's a, it's an act. Um, and it's centered around research and an activity conducted by Knowledge, which is a, a think tank on the East Coast. Um, and it's about finding out, uh, reflecting on what you think is the purpose of environmental education and what what the people around you, the people you work with think. And so they've created this really fun card sorting activity. And, and so I've tried before, what I've tried before with this particular activity is to invite people to, for an, for an hour to do it in advance and then come talk about what they've found out. What I'm doing now is set up co-working, uh, 90 minute co-working sessions where we work or people can work on it together. Nobody needs to find time to go do this in advance. And so it's a more, I think, or I hope it is a more comprehensive type experience. And so I, it, it touches on having live face-to-face -face conversation and us also supportive in this co-working type environment. And that is my current opposite day activity. I mean, that's what I'm, that's, that's my, that is my move away from um, asynchronous communication. And what I've also done is, um, I, what I'm also doing is offering opportunity for people to create their own work groups so that they don't have to walk into a situation where they don't know anybody else. If they already know uh, about colleagues or community partners who they want to have this conversation with, uh, my invitation to them is contact me, claim one of the available sessions, mm. and it's all yours. It's all yours. Yeah. I was, my train of thought went to how much of the success that you're seeing comes from modeling the um, outward behavior. So, you know, there's no reason why anybody else, like they could, make a work group, right? Like it's so mm -hmm. easy to do these things, mm -hmm. but it doesn't happen. But for some reason, when you do it, when you like put the thing in, then people are like, oh yes, I can do that too. It's like, oh, you know, like we all know that, that modeling, you know, like uh, this is how we do it. Then other people do it as well. And I, I'm wondering, is that like an inherent human 
I don't want to call it a flaw, is that an inherent human thing that we're not so great at, so things go well when somebody shows us how to do it, or or is that something that we've learned, you know, more recently about we've all we've all forgotten how to like, you know, um, I see lots of articles online about how to make friends. And I'm like, what do you mean? How do you make friends? It's easy. Like find something you want to do. You want to go hiking, go hiking. And then when you run into somebody on the trail, say hi. And mm-hmm. if you see them again, introduce yourself. You know, like, and, and I'm wondering, is it, is it inherently human? Do you think, or is it the type of people who are into environmental education? We can pigeonhole them all as being more introverted. I don't think that's real. I don't think that's an actual um, judgment. So like, what, what, why do you think some air quoting again, simply modeling it suddenly seems to make it, you're like, well, why, why didn't this work? You know, asynchronously, I put up a post that says you should get together and work in working groups, nothing happened. But when I make a working group and do it, then it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm going to say it's a little, it's a little of both. My reason for doing this is to establish seamless connections, to make it easy like I said, for by just by carving out a block of time for this type of thing that nobody else needs, my thinking is nobody else needs to carve it out. So mm. that part makes it easy. Um, and if they know people who they want to have this conversation with, they know who to invite. That is is easy. I hope I would think it would be easy. But there is some truth to what you said about those in the field being a little more uh, introverted. <laughs> there is some truth to that. Um, yeah, there is, there's some truth to that it, because what you sometimes find is, is there's tension, what I've seen, heard and observed, there's tension between the reasons why some have entered into the field, not necessarily maybe the education part, but the natural resources part, I'm going to say, they like this type of work because it's kind of separate from the crowd. And then they get put in a conversation in a position where they're frontline interpreter, you know, and then they have to be more, more outward. Um, and so I'm citing that example as an, as that, that, as that being, uh, some truth to what you just said. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know when it comes to, and sometimes I think the word co-working is, is not the right word. I mean, it makes sense to me, but I don't, it's not a common word. And so I don't know if that concept is part of my my problem with getting people together. It is. Yeah, there's always the challenge of like speaking is so slow, right? Compared mm-hmm. to the train of thought that you can have. So you, at some point you have to, and I'm not like not currently referring to my inability to ask a question. I'm referring to, I'm going to build a community and I'm going to set up this thing. And you have all these ideas and you're like, okay, I need a word for this. I need a noun so I can write a sentence to describe it to somebody else. And you never really know for sure that the idea that you had in your head made it across to the other person. Mm -hmm. And maybe they have a completely different idea of what you're thinking. Like, oh, the last one of those I tried was terrible. So, you know, suddenly it's dead in the water before they even gave it a try, or they might've had a great experience with that. So you, that's one of the big difficulties I see with anything that I do in communities, let alone building communities. There's always this challenge of like, how does what I say actually affect the other person? Mm 
Mm-hmm. I've started going to great lengths. I like to send people like random messages, just like, hey, thinking about you today. And I saw this cool thing and I wanted to share it with you. And I've started actually adding a second message, which explains why. Like to say, <laughs> I thought of you when I saw this. Cause I'm like, you know, some people know that I can really be snarky and they might think that that's a sarcastic dig at their inability to keep their house clean, you know, or whatever the example is. And I'm like, I thought this was funny because it reminds me of the time I fell on the stairs, you know, and, and we all had a good laugh. And I just think, what you're doing by like repeatedly trying to share and then model the behavior, that seems to me like that's the way to do it. You're like, hey guys, I want to try this because, and then I think it worked. And like, but saying all that, making that all be overt, I think that's really the only way to be sure that your ideas are landing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that's a good point to be more observable, more, uh, to be more vocal, yeah, intentional, and to live it, and to to live it out loud, because I know I can I can really pull back, depending, you know, and be an in you know an introvert. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do. That's like that's gonna be a defense mechanism. Like, yeah, okay, here we yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Time out, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I can. I but I know that also one of my, I guess I would call it a strength is to be cheerleader to ident to bring attention to other people's work because when Mm -hmm. i with what i used to do i used to interview a lot of people and i would reach out to them and say hey you know can i interview for interview for the blog and they're surprised and then they're surprised that someone noticed one and then they don't think they need to have anything to say and then but my reaction is well yeah don't you know what you're doing this is what it looks like to me and this is what I see. So let's talk about it. And so anyway, I don't know. This is an ongoing, ongoing experiment. But On- I, I think yeah. your point there is that's really good about, you, you know, the, uh, the unpacked version of I see you. That's mm-hmm. a super useful thing because not only is that super useful to the person that you said it to, but you're also modeling behavior. You know, it's like the whole pay it forward. If everybody went around and said, that's awesome to more people when they saw awesome things, people would be like, oh, I'm going to build more awesome stuff if you think that's awesome. Um, So I I think that's also like, there's a meta level there. Um, And then there's a meta meta level, which is, that's exactly what I'm trying to do here with these conversations is just sit down with people who are in any way related to podcasting and talk about these things that I think all of us are thinking about, but it's tough when you're in your own silo, you know, your your own day-to-day mind of like, well, I don't know. Um, so here's two people talking about synchronicity versus asynchronicity versus, I think I'm calling this one community, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless you want a different word. Nope. <laughs> cool. All right, Tanya. Well, it was a delight as always. You and I've had many conversations, but delight as always to talk. Um, and thank you for letting me pick your brain. Oh, well, thank you, Craig. Thank you so much. I love the series that you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, that's very good. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Thank you. You too.